What's up, you guys? I am Micah Folsom, and you're listening to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I was overwhelmed, uninspired, and unfulfilled, and I knew there had to be a different way to do life. Turns out, there totally is. And I found my calling in helping people learn and do the unsexy habits that build a legendary life. Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. Welcome back to the Do Your Crap Podcast. This is your host, Micah Folsom, and we have a special guest with an amazing conversation today. You are about to hear from Stephanie Weikert, who is a certified yoga therapist, and she is the creator of Make Peace with Stress and Reset and Restore. She's a loving mentor who cuts through the overwhelm of how to make meaningful personal growth a continual part of your life. She teaches individuals and organizations to use stress as a catalyst for positive change with the time-tested wisdom of yoga. This work is so important to her because she knows that making the world a better place starts with each of us being more balanced, calm, and confident. And she is on a mission to make it as simple and practical and transformational as possible. So you guys get your notebook. We had such a great conversation and let's dig in. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. Welcome, Stephanie. I am so excited to have you here and just so honored to have you on the show. So welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me, Micah. I'm excited to be here. Of course. Okay. Before we dig into the goods, tell us who you are. What? Just give us a little bit of background so our listeners really have a solid understanding of your story. Yeah. Thanks for asking. I'm Stephanie Weikert. I am a certified yoga therapist and creator of Make Peace with Stress and Reset and Restore. And I, my story is really a 20 going on five year, maybe journey of um, changing my relationship to the challenges of life and sort that. of the yeah an initial the, the the sort of initial aspect of it was 
Um, I was in my 20s. I was on my own for the first time. My parents were going through kind of a ugly divorce. And I was really lost as a person. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing or, you know, how to make it all work. I was taking on more than I could than I thought I could handle. And I really started struggling with stress and anxiety and depression and sort of that roller coaster. And um, one, of the, one of the ways that that manifested is uh, that I pulled on my eyebrows and eyelashes. And what I, I know now that it's just simply a nervous habit and nervous behavior. And one that most people are pretty um, aware of is biting your fingernails, right? You see the people that are just, you know, struggling with anxiety and that's just a way for them to sort of offload some of that energy. Well, mine was that I just, you know, felt around on my, you know, eyebrows and eyelashes and would just, you know, yank out the hairs. And I know it's, it's very strange. There's actually a name for it. Trichotillomania. Yeah. Okay. We got to pause. I deal with this. And yeah. I have for 12 years and I haven't been able to overcome it. So I'm like, oh my gosh, because this sounds so weird. And even when you talk about it, it's like, it really is like, why would you do that? And I'm like, that's a great question. Yeah, there's <laughs> so something. Yeah, there, I mean, it's there's something oh sort of relieving about it in mm -hmm. some way, right? I know it's a strange, it's a strange habit, but I'll tell you, we are not alone in my last, you know, almost decade yeah. of being in business. When I've talked about this story, I hear so many people, I have this, I have this. And yeah. many of my students have had issues with it as well. Um, and so I pulled all my eyebrows and eyelashes out, <laughs> all of them. And I would still, you know, sort of like, try to look for things to yank on on my face and 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 a real turning point in my life and sort of the the initial what I think of as like my initial reset or my initial sort of understanding of what I've been practicing and teaching now ever since practically is that I saw myself in the mirror I was renovating a bathroom <laughs> which was not something I knew how to do. <laughs> and I saw, I, re I remember I like stood up and I saw myself in the mirror and it was almost as if, it was kind of like an out of body experience. I saw myself as if for the first time, right? Because everybody, every morning, you know, brushes your teeth in front of a mirror and you see yourself, but this was different because I, I looked at my face and I saw it as if like I'm witnessing it. And I just saw so clearly what I was doing to myself. And, and the epiphany was a little bit like, you are in control here. This is your thing. And you, you are not a victim of this. And when I heard that voice of like, you're in charge here, the, the second thought was, the choice is either to really take ownership of your experience or to just stay stuck in it, to just like keep perpetuating the same old, same old, same old, same old, right? It's like, what's that saying? You can't do the same thing and expect different results. Like that's right. the definition of insanity. I think Albert yep. Einstein said that, but it was so clear to me 
in a way that I, I can't even to this day, like I have goosebumps even just sharing it and I've shared it a million times, but it was so clear to me that it was like one or the other, which was, you know, sort of cut through all of the, oh, we'll try this, oh, we'll try that. It's like, nope, what it boils down to is you either really, you know, own this and take charge of it or you just keep doing it <laughs> and it will never stop. Yeah. And so in that moment, I really got clear about that and that that's what I was going to try to change is this habit of, you know, this nervous habit because it was stress fueled, right? Mm -hmm. I, di I did it in moments of like overwhelm and frustration and, you know, self-doubt and, you know, it was a, it was a comforting thing. It seemed like it was, but it really was that a, a pattern that just kept perpetuating itself. So what I did from that moment on is when I noticed that I was doing it, right? Cause it's very automatic, very familiar, but I started really saying, okay, catch yourself doing it. Don't just let it take over you, catch yourself doing it and stop yourself. <laughs> <laughs> sounds so simple but what I did to stop myself often quite often especially at first is I literally sat on my own hands <laughs> and I would bend oh, over and like take some deep breaths and I would say to myself repeatedly you can stop you can stop just stop just just stop just stop right because that whole sense of like it's either one of the, you either stop yourself or you don't, <laughs> that, that clarity was just like really my guiding light of, okay, we'll stop then, stop. And, um, you know, fast forward many years later, I really came to understand that what I was doing, the sort of the noticing of this nervous habit, the, the opening up to it as an opportunity to change it, and then the focusing my attention on what I actually wanted, even though at first it was just stop, just stop. It, it sort of morphed to you're okay, you know, slow down, you know, and, and the, the, the sort of mantra, if you will, shifted. But that, that sort of three steps, notice what's going on, own it, <laughs> you know, and then, and then really welcome what you want. Welcome what you actually want in this moment to how you want to feel, what you want to think, what you want to do, that that was based in yoga. And, and I, you know, I, I'm jumping forward a long time here. It took years for my eyebrows and eyelashes to grow back. But what I want to really share is that that simple three steps kept coming back. I kept using it in moments of you know, I, I use the umbrella term stress and that can look different for everybody, but it's things like, you know, overwhelm and frustration and, you know, feeling anxious and catastrophizing, you know, worst case scenario mindset or, you know, or sort of feeling depressed and down and feeling like, you know, you're worthless and you can't do it and you don't have the coping skills and it's all too much. And, you know, there's so many <laughs> ways to talk about it. But it really is all from a physiological perspective. It's your body going into that fight, flight, or freeze response. Um, and, and it all has to do with 
the way that you're thinking about it. So I came to really understand that it was based in yoga and started practicing and studying yoga. And then what I found is that while yoga, I think, is really the most effective way to change things in your life, that these tools of noticing and opening and welcoming are not, they're not really taught. They're really more of the philosophy and the um you know the 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 sort of the energetic aspect of the practice and here in the united states you know yoga is sun salutations in a 95 degree room right or some yeah. form of that yeah um so i set out to you know to really bring these insights and the simple practices of yoga that that changed me to, you know, to, to everyone else, because in the now 20 plus years since that day in the bathroom and since, you know, sort of without knowing what the heck I was doing, because I wasn't practicing yoga back then, I didn't really even know what yoga was. Um, I've continued to use this method for, I, I am sober. I was over drinking um, for a long time. I was also addicted to really more of the habit of smoking marijuana all the time. Um, and I say really more of the habit because I don't necessarily think it was the substance, but it was the tool of right. numbing, yeah. right? And escaping yeah. myself. Um, I also used the same method to acknowledge something that was happening within me and my early to mid forties of despite being married to a man and having two teenagers feeling like I was gay and, you know, really relied on this same process. Notice what's going on within you. Like recognize that it's valuable, it's purposeful yeah. and, you know, own it. Well, you know, really open up to it. Don't, push it back. Don't, you know, hide from it. Don't fight it. <laughs> Don't run from it. Right. The, the stress response. Mm -hmm. And then, and then continually recalibrate in big and small ways. But I find most we, we recalibrate in small ways on the regular, right? The unsexy habit of continuing to recalibrate to what is it that I really want to, how do I really want to show up right now? What is it that I really want to welcome into this moment of my life experience, whether it's, you know, patience or compassion or love or understanding or, you know, curiosity or whatever it is, when you continually recalibrate and realign with that, everything changes. And ultimately you really um, you know, you really start to see that moments where you're, you know, losing your shit, <laughs> right, on some level, inwardly or outwardly, that those, that that experience is sort of there for you to help you recalibrate. It's an, it's an indication of you being yeah. out of alignment with yourself. So powerful. There's so much in here that we could unpack. I love it so much. I feel like 
everything that you're about is the obstacle. Have you read the book, The Obstacles the Way? No, I have not. So it's so, it just reminds me so much of your message and how you operate because it really yep. is instead of feeling like this is happening to me, woe is me. And then like feeling like you're defeated, it's the obstacle is the way. Like that's the only way to live life is you're going to have challenges. You're going to have obstacles. You're going to have things that are there for you, for your growth, for your development, for helping like shape who you're supposed to become. And I feel like this is so much of just what, what you represent is like, seeing it as this is for you. Where's the blessing? How can I, how can I grow? How can I use this to realign and to continue to move forward? So it's funny when you think about an obstacle course, right? An actual obstacle course. Imagine if you got, you know, you're like, okay, let's go. And that's your life. And you get to the first obstacle and you're like, Oh, I'm done. Exactly. <laughs> right? I can't. So true. Right. <laughs> like you wouldn't do that no, at all. That's so you true. wouldn't do that. And yet that's such that's such a common response. Like the first thing that that you come up against, you're like, oh, I guess this isn't for me. I guess I'm out. Like right. Right. And when I've you never think about, about well, when you think about too that the obstacles and whatever they look like are not only, you know, not only something to be overcome, but something that is uniquely divinely inspired to help you build the life skill yes. that you need to reach your highest potential, right? It's not just a like, okay, I'm going to continue to like fight my way through Let's this thing it. called life and yeah. overcome things um, that it's really like, oh, this is it's, it's designed for me. This situation yeah. is very purposeful, right? I, I hear so many women, especially talk about like, I've, I don't know what my purpose is in life anymore. And I'm like, your life is your purpose, yeah. <laughs> right? You becoming the best version of yourself, which is always evolving is your purpose. And that's really, you know, what yoga is about, that it's about the journey to continually um, refining and clarifying and that that changes, right? So many people can relate to the idea, at least of the physical practice, right? And I, yeah. I, I often say, you, you don't sort of get good at downward facing dog and then like check it off the list I don't do this anymore right. <laughs> right you continue to practice that physical posture because every time you practice it there's something there for you right and some days it might feel amazing and some days it might feel horrible yeah. but you stay with it and you breathe through it and you work with it and you let it let it give you what it's going to give you in that moment. I love oh. that so much. It really is that, that skill transfer. So what you've learned through yoga and what you teach, it's also transferring those skills and those mindset shifts and that perspective and those, and those things that help you through and, 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 and grow through your yoga practice. You also do in life. And it's just, it's helping you just kind of parallel those things. 
Yeah, it's so true. And I always find it helpful to just share that yoga, you know, what we think of as yoga here in the United States with the physical postures. And then some people acknowledge like, oh, there's breathing. And uh, some people know that meditation is also a part of the, you know, sort of the system of yoga. But before any of that, in terms of the, the branches or the limbs or of yoga, um, there's two sort of sets of insights and practices that are all about mindset, <laughs> right? That you learn, you know, historically, anciently, ancient in the ancient world, the yoga, when, when these parts of yoga were taught, you didn't get, you didn't do anything with your body until you really cultivated these parts, these insights, these I hesitate to say rules, but these sort of 10 different um, practices, wisdom practices uh, into your life. And then you started, you know, doing more of the movement piece because you were, you know, had a strong foundation. I love that. that. Can we, we kind of dig into what those are? Yeah. Well, I'd love to highlight the three specifically that are the make peace with stress method. And the, the first one, um, I talk about it as noticing, um, but it's really self-study and in Sanskrit it's svadhyaya. And the way that I have, you know, there's a lot to it, like all of yoga, right? There's so much depth, but the way that I just want to communicate it's so that it's simple and practical and still has the essence of, of transformation that every bit of yoga has is it's about paying attention to your inner experience on purpose and without judgment. And just, you know, and which is, yeah, it's the kicker (laughs) for sure, for sure. I mean, you know, mindfulness is a way that self-study has really um, sort of been talked about a lot in the last, you know, decade or maybe a little more. Um, But it's about paying attention, you know, we all have this, you know, little voice in our heads and, you know, so often we have such an attachment to that voice that we think that it's us, (laughs) but really it's just a a mental storyteller that's based on all of the previous experiences that we've ever had. And um, so many of our thoughts are, you know, recycled and repetitive and just flat out lies. (laughs) And so paying attention to that and giving yourself the opportunity to, um, to see it without judgment, to see it without being overly identified with it. Um, it's, it's a gold mind of information and, and not a gold mine of information for everybody else. It's a, it's your, each of us individually, your sort of personal book of, you know, these are things that this is information that you really need. I love that so much. So it's catching, it's this idea that you get to catch these thoughts and catch these stories and not feel like, oh, this is who I am. That's my identity. That, that story that I've lived by for so long is who I am. It's 
it's keeping that separation and understanding. Nope. Those are some thoughts. And now how I respond or react or move forward after that story or thought is actually the life that I'm creating. And that's such a powerful moment. Like that moment when you can either live by that story and continue to let that like run your life or notice it, make that shift, separate yourself from there and then do a different thought or action at that point. Like that is where lives are transformed in like that moment. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And I think it's really helpful to know that, um, our, our minds are really because in some ways we still have so much sort of primitive wiring, Mm -hmm. right. Talking about the stress response is that it's that our minds are really, I can't remember the author that said this, but like Velcro for fear-based thoughts Um, or yeah, like it's, they really attract, you know, we're really, we really tend to, you know, and I think there's so many factors to it, you know, media and social media. And, you know, we really tend to hone in on fear-based information and that's a broad umbrella, but, you know, most negative stress inducing mindsets or beliefs are ultimately a fear-based thing and so you know and so it's really important to just be able to start hearing that inner voice without acting like it's your leader (laughs) right without just automatically right and that's a that's a key factor too is you know our automatic uh, you know, we get our patterns in yoga. Yeah. It's um, it's called samskara, and it's likened samskara can mean a groove. And what that means is that, like, when something is repeated over and over and over, like think about like water running over rock, a groove is created. And, you know, like the Grand Canyon is literally a groove in the earth's surface because of the water that's like eroded it away over, you know, millions and millions of years. And our thoughts have the same thing. When we continually repeat the same exact thoughts, they, the neurons that are firing during that thought get stronger, you know, connection, that connection gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And so it can be really easy to forget that we have a choice about this. We have ownership, that's step two of, of, of the thoughts that we think. And so let's just move on to that second part, which is, um, I talk about ownership. I talk about owning it, but the yogic tool, the English way to say it is surrender. The Sanskrit way to say it is Ishvara Pranidhanha. Um, and it's, but it's just really about, and, and for me, it's, this is where you, that transformational moment of step out of the automatic stress response of running or fighting or hiding from something and embrace it and open to it and say, oh, this is happening so that I can whatever. This is helping me to, you know, this is giving me an opportunity to 
take charge of this, right? If you think about me pulling out my eyebrows and eyelashes, it was when I started paying attention to, okay, I'm doing this. And I could just let that automatic pattern continue. I could just, you know, not own it, not take charge of it, and it would perpetuate itself. Or the moment that I notice I'm doing it, I can say, oh, okay, awesome, good, right? Here's, here's something for me to do. I can do yeah. something about it in this moment. And what's really key about this, Micah, is that we can't change how we think or you know, the actions that we take when it's not happening, <laughs> right? We have to do it in that moment. That is the moment, it's, it's there so that we have the opportunity to do it, to change it, to work with it, right? It's Pema Chodron that says, nothing ever goes away until it's taught us the lessons that it, you know, we need to learn, right? And so even the idea of stressing, again, umbrella term, uh, of having of, of that fear-based response to any challenge um, and seeing that as something that's bad and something that we have to you know reduce or relieve or manage or you know somehow live with or whatever, we can't change our attitude about that when it's not happening, right? We can't wake up in the morning. I mean, we can do this, but it's we can set that intention and that's important, but we have to work with our reactions, our response, the way that we show up in life and the way that we want to change when it's happening. That is so powerful. I think even like thinking about people on their health journey, how many people wake up with all of the motivation or even go to bed and they're like, okay, this is it. I am so motivated. I am going to lose these 10 pounds. I am going to whatever their goal is. And it seems so simple. It seems so easy because they're not up against the, the temptation yet. They're not up against the choice. And it just seems, and then they're like, by the end of the day or by three o'clock in the afternoon, they're like, I'm eating my emotions again. And I've, I've failed again. And it spirals this. I love just this, this opportunity that we all have to stop resisting the stress and resisting the situation and instead embrace it, like you said, and just be like, okay, here it is. Here's my opportunity for growth. Here's my opportunity to choose a different choice and to create a different result. Like just that, that simple shift is so much more empowering. It's true. It's true. And it's part of what I love about your message, right? We, uh, you know, that, that it really is about the routine sort of like, you know, meeting it, be meeting yourself where you are every day, every opportunity you have versus, you know, some overnight transformation. I see so many people, okay, 2022 is going to be this thing or starting Monday, I'm going to, oh, it's December 1st. I'm going to, you know, it's a new, new, fresh start, you know, whatever. And, and it is, but what's really empowering is to recognize that every single moment can be a fresh start. Every single time we're faced with, as you say, a choice 
that we ha that when we make those smaller choices on the more consistent level, that's how change really happens. Yeah. Overnight transformation does not happen. When we when we say at any point starting sometime in the future, <laughs> right? It doesn't happen. The future is always, uh, you know, it's, a someday is not a weekday on the calendar right, <laughs> sort right. of thing. So it all, we always have to work on being the change that we want to be right now, right yeah. now. Yeah, I love that. We are taking a TV time out to give you a free goodie today. If you are in network marketing, if you're building a team, if you are mentoring people and need to onboard them to be successful, I am giving you my free team checklist. This is what I use personally to onboard my new coaches to help simplify the process. And it is duplicatable team wide. So if you're feeling overwhelmed with recruiting, if you don't feel confident bringing in your new team members and helping them be successful, this is any organization, any network, you can tweak this and customize it, but it's a really solid framework so that you can have confidence recruiting and building the empire that you want to build. Go to micafolsomfit.com slash team checklist to grab this freebie. And you say, um, that people think about stress in the wrong way. So yeah. let's talk about that for a sec. Yes. Um, so I mentioned it just a few minutes ago, we're, we're told in society that stress or conventional wisdom, if you will, that stress is something to relieve, mm -hmm. reduce and manage. And while I agree that there are places for that, you know, that there, that that can be applicable in some ways. I think the overriding message is that stress is not the enemy. Your, your stress is your built in sort of support system, right? And if you think about stress simply as a physiological um, phenomenon, your, your, uh, your body gets the message that there's something threatening and all of these, you know, hormones and physiological changes happen, the heart rate, you know, you're, you're, you get hyper alert, you know, your muscles tense up, energy is diverted from your digestive system to, you know, to be able to and more into your circulatory system. And you, you undergo all of these changes so that you can take some action, right? So that you can run away from the threat, so that you can fight the threat or so you can hide from the threat, right? And so when we think of stress as a bad thing, and there's some remarkable science that, um, that I'd love to share that talks about this, but when we think about stress as a bad thing, we essentially perpetuate you know, perpetuate the stress response. Oh no, I'm so stressed. This is terrible. Like, what am I going to do? Ah, I'm overwhelmed. Ah. And it, so it keeps the stress response on. Yeah. And that's when stress truly is a, a problem physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, the, the systems that are activated in the stress response to help us take action, to support us, to change something 
when we think of them as bad, they stay on and they eventually are impaired, right? And and I, I just saw something um, that I've seen a million times, but just literally the other day, 90% of illnesses and diseases are attributed to stress to and it's and it's chronic stress it's that continually on like our nervous system is continually in that fight flight or freeze response versus the other the on and off switch it's either in that or it's the rest and digest and repair right it's the the part of us that is um that fixes problems, our immune system, and, you know, the, the aspect of our nervous system that repairs things that keeps us young and healthy and digest food and makes the most of nutrients. And so if you're in the stress response all the time, you're not in the rest, digest and repair response. And so you can just see how that wreaks havoc on your body. Hundred percent. I work with women on their health journeys, and this is such a common thing when they are doing the things but not seeing results, and they're so frustrated. Oh my gosh! Like, and it's yeah. hard because you can't be like, "Oh well, I can see that you have a high level of stress, and you're living in this this constant <laughs> stressed out phase." Like, of course, your body's not going to release weight, not going to digest the food, not going to operate your hormones are wacko, like all of the things. And this is something that is not talked about nearly enough. Just the fact mm. that so many people live in this state of chronic stress. How does someone even start to understand or identify the things that would help them see that this could be going on? Yeah, that's a great question because it, because living in low levels or even high levels of chronic stress has been become normalized, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? It's it the really norm. It's like, it oh, is but everyone the norm. does that. Everyone feels yeah. this way. It's like no, yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. And you know, so I'll just go back to really the first step of the make peace with stress method is paying attention, but starting to pay attention to yourself as you would pay attention to a friend or your child, right? Or someone that you cared about. And, you know, if your child came to you and they had, you know, just fallen down or they, you know, had seen a scary movie and were upset about something or whatever, you would really embrace that situation and nurture them and care for them. And, um, you know, you wouldn't say, oh, it's, you know, no big deal, you know, continually, you might some, <laughs> I mean, I have teenagers. So sometimes I'm like, all right, I think, I think you're all right. But the point is, is to, to really recognize that, um, you know, that, that we have to take care of ourselves. And I know self-care is like such a, a thing that's become really like overused or, you know, or, or diminished or simplified to, you know, bubble baths or, you know, or even exercise or whatever, which is, is not in and of itself a bad thing, but I believe true self-care is about attention, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's about attention, really paying attention. So I think to answer your question really specifically, I think that ways that people can start to um, notice what's going on with them is to give themselves moments of feeling and acknowledging and being. And, and one of the ways that I always do this is when I brush my teeth, I have a, you know, a Sonicare toothbrush. It has a two minute timer. I stand, I don't move. I, I stand as I'm brushing my teeth and I look at myself in the mirror and I, I look at myself and I feel myself and, you know, I notice like what, you know, how does my body feel right you know, today, this morning, how, you know, what's my breathing like right now? What are the thoughts in my mind? Um, in the shower is another really good time to do this, right? You can really just use it. And it's a shift in mindset, right? From a chore, something you have to get through um, to, to recognizing that it's a moment of being able to give yourself the attention that you need that you deserve yeah there's a really fun fun metaphor um that just changed my perspective on you know sort of how of attention and and it's that um it's that when you you know if you think of yourself as a glass of water and your attention as a glass of water, and you're constantly pouring out your water to everyone else, right? To your kids, to your partners, to your, you know, your job, your, you know, co your friends, your, your family, everyone else, eventually you run out of water, <laughs> right? And getting more water when you run out is not a matter of like, oh, fill, fill it back up from the tap, but it's really about like, oh, now I got to like I gotta dig a well, right? You don't want to run out of water. That's a that's a bad situation. But what happens if you think of yourself as a glass of water and every day you make you putting water in your own glass the first most important priority? Not only do you stay full of water, so to speak. You know, if you give yourself that attention, not only do you stay full, but you actually overflow. Yeah. And so it's not just a like, oh, put your own, you know, oxygen mask on first, but it's when I give myself the attention that I need, then my ability to give to others is like a continuous fountain versus, and so it's very unselfish in that way, right? You might be able to give in a way that, you know, in that overflow way that, that serves others without you even realizing it versus the, here's my attention, I'm gonna, you know, dole it out based on, you know, who I think needs it or, you know, who's in highest demand or, or whatever. Um, so the idea of really giving yourself that attention that you need every single day in little ways, moments of check-in, moments of feeling, moments of paying attention on purpose and without judgment, and then opening up to the quote-unquote obstacles or the challenges or the ways in which you don't feel good right. <laughs> as opportunities to then 
it's perfect segue to move to the third step is to welcome what you really want. Welcome what you really want in, in that moment. Um, how you want to how you want to feel about yourself, how you want to think about yourself, how you want to show up in your life in that moment, right? You think about like um, sitting in traffic, right? And 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 it's funny because sometimes when you're in your car, especially if you're by yourself, you 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 act in ways that you might not otherwise act, right? You get all you can get like really irate and annoyed and frustrated and you know have all this like inner chaos and turmoil and whatever. In that moment, if you were to be able to notice what's going on and say, oh okay, I have I have a chance here to own how I'm acting and thinking and 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 behaving and what I'm saying to myself and you know to everyone around me. In that moment, if you ask yourself, what kind of person do I wanna be right now, right? What, is this really what I wanna be doing? How I wanna be behaving, how I wanna be feeling? And what would I, what kind of vision do I have for my life? And how can I be that right now? Because as I've continued to go back to your genius of just the unsexy habits, it's those moments that ultimately create the life. It's not the, the future, I'm gonna change things sometime down the road. It's if I realign with being the type of person I wanna be right now, over and over and over again, then the life starts to look different because it's made up of those moments. I love this so much. So the three being notice, Yep. Pay attention. Yep. The second one, have ownership. Yep. And open to it, and right? Open to it. Be open to yeah. it. And then yep. the third, welcoming what you really want. Yeah. I feel like this is such a simple framework that, and even with mentoring hundreds of women over the years, so many get stuck on number two. Yeah. And maybe they're not willing to take full ownership. They're not willing to really, really embrace that. And then which stops them in their tracks from ever welcoming what they actually want. So they get stuck in that, that like, I don't even know how to put it into words, but they just get stuck in that. It almost is without, I don't want to offend anyone, but it really is almost that victim mentality of like, this is just my life. It's just going to be hard. It's just right. going to be, I'm just going to have obstacle after obstacle. Like this is, it is what it is. I'm just, whatever, all of those stories and the stuff that you play in your head that keeps you from taking ownership and keeps you from then moving into what you actually want in life and who you actually right. want to become like right. this is, I can see this play out in so many different ways. This is, I love this. Well, I just like to point out that the notice own and open and welcome what you want is an acronym now <laughs> notice Love open it. welcome and and that's key because that's when you do it you do it right now you know you really when you make a sort of a mental practice of this um, it it 
begins to, we talked about the samskaras, the grooves, it begins to change that wiring yeah. in your brain so that you think about things differently because really that's that's sort of the difference, right? It's so interesting on, from a physiological perspective, um, fear and excitement look exactly the same in your body exactly the same like just when you just look at the, the hormones and even the you know the brain waves and all of the things happening in your body it's their fear and excitement are the exact same thing the, the what toggles the switch is how you is what you're thinking right you can you can be oh my god this is horrible this is so scary this is awful I don't like this I don't want this or you can be like wow, this is exciting. This is interesting. This I'm curious, what's going to happen here? What's going to, you know, it's 100% about how you label the experience. Yeah. And stress is the same way without going into the studies. You can find this on my website if you're interested, but stress is the same way. There's one, if you think stress is bad for your health, you have, you know, the stress response in your body looks one way. And most notably that I want to share the arteries around your heart constrict, which your heart's already beating hard to get oxygenated blood to your muscles and to your brain so that you can take that action. But when you think it's bad, your arteries constrict. So it strains the heart, it strains the arteries. And this is why stress is associated with heart attacks and cardiovascular disease. But when you think that your stress response is there to help you, when you are like, okay, thank you, you know, thank you, body, thank you, you know, when you really embrace it and recognize that these changes that are happening are there to help you, to support you in that situation, to alert you of something that's out of alignment, which is almost always just your <laughs> thinking about something, when you embrace it, when you open to it and own it, the arteries around your heart, and this is documented in a study in Harvard, not only don't constrict, they dilate and expand. And this is the physiological reaction. This is the, the profile in your body of courage and joy. That's amazing. So decide, so thinking stress is bad for you means having all of the negative effects of stress on your body. It perpetuates it and strains all of those systems. Seeing stress as a built-in support system and using it to help you focus on what you really want in your life in a moment, the type of person you want to be, using it as a support system, saying, you know, thank you for showing me that right now something is out of alignment with, you know, my heart, with my values, yeah. actually feels like courage and joy. And so that's why I say, like, make peace with stress. Stress is not yeah. the enemy. Open to it and use it. And it's, I mean, it's your built-in absolutely uniquely calibrated, divinely inspired, just for you way that you are, that can be guided, right? Just like you said, the obstacle is the way. Like that experience 
is there to help you, to show you how to reach your highest potential, to have the things that you want. Because when, when something is happening in your experience, outer or inner, that causes that stress response, it's showing you that something is out of alignment with something is threatening your well-being something is threatening your dreams your desire for yourself your your values this is so powerful like so powerful i have so many notes i'm like oh my gosh i love this so much i could chat with you about this forever i think this is so interesting where can where can our listeners get in touch with you learn more about this learn more about your work how can they find you so makepeacewithstress.com is my website. There's a, a blog there with a lot of great free guidance and you know interesting ways to apply this uh, to different um, stress-specific symptoms um, and some long-form articles. And then um, information about my program is there as well if you want to look into working directly with me. And then also um, there's a free start now guide to making peace with stress. That is just a, you know, a little sort of PDF about what this method is all about and how to start applying it in your life right away. So, because what I know is that when you've you know, learn how to do this and start applying it to your life right away. It's, it, it's shifts things. And so, um, yeah, that guy is really helpful. Sort of a it. little overview. Perfect. And 100% of people are feeling stress in some way, somehow. And so this is applicable to everyone. This is, yeah, it's true. This is, I see it as a gift though. I'll just have to say, like, I see it that we're in a sort of a turning point in our human experience, right? When you think about the experience of individual chronic stress, but also collective chronic stress, it's, it's really guiding us. And so, you know, I truly believe that and it's part of a big part of why I do what I do, because I know that as each of us individually works with our experiences in a way that helps us grow, that that has a, you know, a collective um, influence and it affects, you know, mothers have a positive influence on their kids and their partners, teachers. I work with a lot of nurses. They, you know, change how they are managing the experience of stress in their work and their patients have better outcomes. So I really see this as a, um, and, and our, our sort of collective, like you said, 100% of us are just really feeling more and more of the resistance to our collective experience. Yeah. And that is because what's happening in the world is trying to help us grow as people trying to help us change the way that we you know see each other and treat each other and you know feel about our planet and about all the things yeah so, 
exciting. It really is. It's like that ginormous ripple effect that happens as each person just makes these little shifts. Yeah. Like, holy moly, when you think about the change and the difference that you're able to make, like that, it makes me like emotional because you really do. When you talked about when you help a mom, it helps a family, which helps generations. Like this is not small work. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I'm, I'm so glad that you took the time to get on and share with us. Cause this is, this is so powerful. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation and, of course. uh, yeah, I appreciate your work for sure. Thank you so much. All right, you guys, I know we could chat with her forever. <laughs> Stephanie, you're such a beautiful soul. Um, you guys, if you found value out of this, please, please, please continue to share it on social um, my listeners are the absolute best at sharing their favorite, like 15 second nuggets in their Instagram stories so that we can get the word out and just pass these positive messages on to as many people as we can, because like I mentioned, 100% of humans will benefit from learning this and understanding how to see things and sh- see stress differently and shift their relationship with it and It's just, this is applicable for everyone. So please share it. You can find Stephanie on Instagram. It's your name, right? Yes. So at Stephanie Weikert with two N's, two N's. (laughs) And I will tag her as well. So if you're like, oh shoot, I can't find her, go to my page. And as this airs, I'll tag her as well. And then tag me at Micah Folsom Fit. But share this, you guys, once again, find her at her website, go to her social. If you want to learn more about all of this stuff, but Stephanie, such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this message with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Micah. It's been a real joy. Thank you so much. All right, you guys, we will see you back here for another week next Monday. See ya. Wrapping up another episode, and I just want to thank you for sticking around. Before you head out, I would love to hear from you. It would mean the world to me if you left this podcast a quick review wherever you're listening from. And if you got some nuggets from the message today, don't forget to share it with your friends, your team, and your Instagram story so that anyone else who needs it can find it too. And be sure to tag me at Micah Folsom Fit so that I can shout you out and share your page with my friends. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft.